Today, I was joined by Phil Holmes, who runs the podcast called Scared, where listeners come on to tell their strange and paranormal tales to us all. Here's Phil explaining why he started Scared. I think everybody has a story. That's how you and I met online. This is uh, the tagline for the show. But, you know, I just fell into it, really, that... I was going to do a podcast about something else, uh, which would have meant a huge amount of research and work. And I thought, well, let me just try something. Let me do a test about the paranormal, because it's it's always been a passion of mine, but a sort of passion in the background. You know, my wardrobe isn't full of white clothes and I don't look miserable the whole time, but it's always been an interest. Mm. And I didn't know what to do it about. I thought, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. And I've spent 25 years on British radio. And my favourite bit of being on the radio was always when, you know, doing competitions, getting listeners on. Yeah. And programme directors, the bosses of radio stations, would always hate me and normally fire me because instead of getting a listener on and going, what do you think, what's your answer? And they go, you know, is it a Ford Fiesta? Yeah. I'd get them on and say, hello, how are you? What are you doing today? And I'd find out all about them. And then I could ask, you know, so the kids are at school and how's And programme directors would hate it because I'd waffle on to these people. Yeah. But I thought that for me made what I did on the radio a bit different. Anybody can play Beyonce and give away a packet of Maltesers. Yeah. So when it came to do a podcast, I thought, what am I going to do? I don't want to read out scary stories. Um, and I started building it on Twitter and we built on Twitter at scared podcast really quickly, actually. And one day I just tweeted, if anything scary's ever happened to you, let me know. I didn't think I'd get any sort of reply. Mm-hmm. And in the early days, I got lots of replies. Twitter's a funny one, isn't it? That the the less followers you have, the better response you get. It's a weird one. Yeah. And suddenly people, especially in the United States, started sending stories. But what I noticed, Lee, it wasn't your diehard paranormal investigator. It was just, inverted commas, normal people. Yeah. Um, and in those days, I didn't talk to people they kindly recorded into their phones and tablets so the the stories were all very short two three minutes and it literally was a i looked out my window last night and saw these lights in the sky and they danced around and went it was that sort of thing but i found i was fascinated myself these were not people going into the old asylum you know the, the mental hospital Uh, And all this sort of stuff, which if you want and if you enjoy, it's by the cartload. This was just normal people who had been in a house and heard a door slam or um, had been somewhere and thought they'd been there before. Or had seen a light in the sky. Yeah. Everybody has a story. And it's as a full time dad taking my son and picking him up from school. My daughter's too old, but my son is nine. So talking with the other parents and saying, oh, I'm thinking of, you know, doing the show and um, getting people to share stories. And everybody would say to me, Lee, um, no, nothing's ever happened to me. No. And I just got used to saying to people, are you sure? No, no, nothing's. Well, there was this one thing. 
that they'd, yeah. for, they'd forgotten about. They'd, they'd put to the back of their mind and then they would tell the story and it was always amazing. Not just, you know, you watch any sort of paranormal thing on the telly and it's like, did, did you hear that door slam? Did, oh, footsteps, footsteps. And oh, was that a rock that was thrown? Oh, man. You know, you get that in the supermarket. Yeah. These were incredible stories. You and I have spoken about this, I think, on actually on my show when I told you. But one of the mums I talk to every day, she's actually a school governor. And she, 37, 38, fitness instructor, lovely lady, um, three kids, all friends with my kids. And she said, well, Phil, no, nothing's ever happened to me. Well, actually, there was this one time and she told the story of the family dog had died and um, they were all very upset. The dog was 12 years old. The kids had always known the dog as part of their lives. When she's not out instructing, she, you know, works from home off her laptop and she was sat upstairs uh, a couple of days before I spoke to her not that long ago. And she could hear on the wooden floor downstairs in their house, like claws going across like a dog would make walking across and she thought no 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 no." you know that thing you know where you close your eyes and shrug and shake your head and no 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 no, it's not happening fingers in the ears and la 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 absolutely she's not interested in the paranormal in the slightest and then she heard it again and she thought nothing of it and and then then the noise went and next day same thing and she looked at her clock and noticed it was the time where she'd just done the school run. She'd come back, had a coffee, and before she either sat down with a laptop or went out to teach, that was the time she would take the dog out. And she, uh. th- and she thought, no. And she heard the claw marks again, and she called out the dog's name. And the claw marks, the claw sounds, rather, on the wooden floor got quicker, like the dog was running towards her. Mm. And then she said, and, and this always cracks me up because I've got two dogs and I'm a dog person, but she called out the dog's name and she said, look, we miss you. It's okay to go. Hmm. Never heard them again. Yeah. Now, this is it's... not somebody wearing black clothes with lots of equipment, looking miserable, with green lighting. This is a fitness instructor who's a governor of the school where my son goes. Yeah. Told me but that. That's, that's the thing, but the paranormal it just happens you know you don't have to go looking for it i mean well it's weird because when i talk to paranormal investigators around the world who who want to come onto my show and share stories and i'll say to them so what's scary things have happened to you and normally it's nothing they've got nothing yeah they're they're looking too hard and that's not what i wanted it it's to talk to people and this is what we do now it's to talk to people who normally have had one thing happen in their life that they can't explain and it's hard to get people on i've I've stood at my back uh in my backyard my back garden the other day and um over the fence was talking with a neighbor's daughter and they're into the paranormal and she said but nothing's ever happened to me and i went are you sure and she went she went well did you see the lights the other night? And I said, no. She said, oh, I was out here having a cigarette and I looked up and there were these purple and green lights in the sky dancing. And I said, see, everybody's got a story. So that's what we do. 
Mm. Um, I've shared my stories. You've been on as a guest twice, in fact, and, and you've shared stories. And people come on from around the world, normally in the United States, and they share. And it's normally just one story, something that's happened to them that they can't explain. Yeah, that just that one thing. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it's everyone you speak to, like you just said about the when you when you actually drill down and you get into the details and that they, they do have. Everybody has not every, well. I won't say everybody, but most people have that one thing, like you say, that they just can't put the finger on what it was. Uh, a lot of people just write it off and say, "I can't explain it. That's it." You know, and and they don't really care for an explanation at that point. It's just. Uh, but you'll never, you know, you'll never shake that that thing that happened to you. I know I've got uh, paranormal experiences myself, like, and, and I'm the same way. You know, it's just that I don't know. It's just getting to the bottom. Some some people want to explore it. Um, some people want to, you know, some people get more into it because of something they've seen. Other people shy away from it, and uh, and you know, obviously there's the ridicule factor and all the rest of it. And a lot of people don't want to come forward with the. Uh, you know, when you meet someone, it's very, very difficult to get a paranormal story out of someone. It's very rare you're going to walk into a room and people are just going to tell you a ghost story, you know. You really have to press that person to uh, to get it out. And I think that's what you're alluding to um, in that thing. So, obviously, yourself, you say you've had a, you know... Um, a radio background there was it was it an easy transition into podcasting with that background well i was an idiot i think because you know podcasts sort of arrived around 2005 ish um you know when apple started um putting them into itunes mm. um and it took me 10 years this is how stupid i am lee it took, yeah. me, took me 10 years at, at no point from 2005 to 2015 even though mm -hmm. I, was, I was on the radio, um, did I ever think, well, I could do this at home? And, yeah. and, you know, because we know most podcasts are just like a talk radio show. Um, and it was when somebody approached me to do a podcast about tech and technology. Um, and like I said, I, I said at the time, I don't have the time for this. I would have the time to do something of a different topic. I never then realized that each episode of Scared normally takes two full days to make. I thought yeah. it, I thought it would be me and a microphone, a guest, uh, quick chat, job done. You know, each episode of Scared is at least a day, if not two days. Um, so it took me ten years to get into it, and then I just fell out of love with radio. I think as most people in radio around the world are doing because of mm. of technology. You know, it's bizarre. I'm almost forty five, and when I started in radio as a teenager. And for, in America, it, it was exactly the same. There were no computers. You know, there was a turntable. And if you worked for a half-decent radio station, you there might be some CDs. Yeah. And I remember doing my first show in 1991 uh, on a Saturday night. And I said to the program director, what, what do I play? What, what, what songs do I play? And he said to me, well, you're the DJ, you're the disc jockey. That's your job, isn't it? Mm. And that's what I loved. You you had to use music knowledge, uh, a bit of common sense, psychology. You know, our radio station was aimed at, at a 35-year-old woman. 
Mm-hmm. And and we knew all about her. She was called, I think, Tracy, and she had two kids, and her husband had a job. You know, this imaginary yep, yep. person. So you had to work out, for me, on a Saturday night, when Tracy was, say, 16, 17, 18, and she might be going out on a Saturday night, what was she listening to? So mm. that would have been, like, the late 70s. So my playlist was I built around sort of disco and Bee Gees and all that sort of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. So you weren't playing any Iron Maiden or ACDC tour. But, you know, uh, the radio station wouldn't have allowed me. But some <laughs> – I mean, ACDC you can get away with on the radio now, can't you? Like – Thanks to oh, yeah, Iron, no, thanks yeah. to Iron Man. Even my son knows who ACDC are now. Yeah. Um, but but then what happened with radio is very quickly in the mid nineties, all over the world, computers came in and suddenly you'd you'd walk in a studio and there was the list of songs you were going to play. Mm. I've worked at radio stations in the past where I had a script where I had to read it word by word, mm. and you just became an announcer, a voice. Yeah, I can imagine that becoming pretty joyless quick. Yeah, I always said um, for a lot of radio work I used to do, and um, you know, if there's anybody listening that works in radio anywhere in the world, they know what it's, this is like. I used to say it was like factory work, but worse paid. Because everybody thought, because you were on the radio, it doesn't matter how big the radio station is, and we know in America, you know, there's radio stations that come out like sheds and stuff on AM and medium wave, where like yeah. two people work there. Um, people always thought because you're on the radio, you're obviously a millionaire. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, I used to row with people, and I shouldn't have done it, but I would say to people, you know, at a dinner party, and somebody would say, oh, well, you're on the radio, you're obviously loaded. And I'd go, guess what I earn? And my uh, partner at the time would sort of nudge me, and she didn't want me to, and, I, and I'd say, and they go, good God, no, really? Yeah. Um, and I think you do a podcast, it allows you to be more creative. Because in America, you know, they have shows, don't they, like Coast to Coast and stuff like yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the UK, we don't have that. And and the other, no. the great thing, I think, which what podcasts do, and this is why people are listening to yours right now, is that moment where the iPod came out, and suddenly people could put on the songs they wanted to and yeah. listen to in the order they wanted to. That's it. That's it. And that's the, that is the glory of a podcast, basically. Basically, a, a podcast is a, a radio station when you tune in when you want to. Um, obviously, generally, the way radio works, if you want what, listen to a particular show, you have to tune in at 5 o'clock in the afternoon or... Or, you know what I mean, 7 o'clock. With a podcast, you can pick it up, put it down. You don't have to listen to it in one go. It's it's a radio show in your pocket when you're ready to go. And and it's just the way of the world. You know, it's convenient. Um, it, it's, uh, it's just it's convenience and people like that. And, and, and I'm like you to some extent. I mean, I've had, uh, I've had iPhones for years and it was only – Ooh, I don't know, three years ago maybe that I actually clicked on the podcast button. Um I don't you know, it's been there staring at staring me in the face all them years and it just uh, just fell on a fell upon it one day and you know, I was hooked. No, you're but, you're you're cleverer than me because I mean, if we if we say podcasts have been kind of out for about twelve years, I've been listening to them for six and still my two brain cells who don't get on 
one of my brain cells didn't say to my other brain cell, hey, why don't you do this? Yeah. And and in those days, I was sat eight hours a day in a radio station where I had all the equipment to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, uh, no, it was only my daughter who said to me, Dad, why don't you, you, you listen to all of these? Why don't you do one? Mm. And one brain cell high-fived the other one, <laughs> trying to take credit. Well, in fact, it wasn't. It was my daughter who said, Dad, get on the, get on the old podcast and bore people about ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's how, how it starts, isn't it? I mean, like I, I started with a podcast. I think I was listening to, uh, at the beginning, I was probably listening to six or seven, something like that. And I, and I probably whittled it down to four that I, I, you know, I enjoyed. Obviously, Scared Podcast was one of those. Um, and and I was probably listening to it for a year or so before I thought, yeah, you know, I'd like to try this. And and uh, well, here we are. So um, obviously, it's a paranormal show you do. What what is the uh, what's the reason for that? Did you have any paranormal experiences yourself? I did, but I think like most of my guests, um, and, and I'm going to disagree with something you said earlier, because I think everyone has a story. I think even people listening mm. now that, that go, no, no, no. I think everybody, and, 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 and I mean adults here, but I think everybody's had deja vu. We just forget it. That, that mm. moment, you know, where you open a cupboard and you go to get a mug out for a coffee and you think, oh, I'm sure I've just done this. Yeah, yeah. But then you've forgotten about it. But we've all had those things. And, and I just had a couple of things where, you know, being stressed at five, I think my dad had promised to take me to Star Wars and didn't, and getting really upset and kind of kind of remembering a, a white mist going over my bed. Um, and we just had a uh, great-grandma die in the family when I look at dates now. Mm. Um, and a story of... Um, uh, being at school and uh, a needlework, a textiles teacher teaching me to sew, uh, talking about a haunted house that she lived in. And then four or five years later, I was uh, a law student and I uh, would rubbish at it. And yep. um, my law lecturer offering to give me extra tuition during the summer. And I went to a house and there were all these noises, footsteps and door slamming and whatnot. And um, long story short, it turned out it was the same house. So so what's the chance of me having one teacher in one school, a lecturer at a college who I just happened to have them both as teachers. I happened to be in the house. But even that didn't do it for me. It was um, it was uh, a couple of years ago. My grandmother passed away. Um, I was very close to her. And um, my dad just phoned me one day and and said um, and my dad's you know very english very straight has been a teacher all his life you know talks talks a bit like this we'll have no funny business philip no funny business nothing funny yeah. please and <laughs> um saw, yeah. and um get on with your homework we have a clean your teeth get to bed <laughs> um and um i remember my dad stopping me going out on new year's eve when i was 18 and it was about 10 o'clock, you know, and he'd gone to bed. And I said, right, Dad, I'm going out. And no, you're not. You're not going. It's New Year's Eve. You're not going. Get to bed. And I went, Dad, I'm 18. Mm. No, go to bed. The joke was I was a DJ in nightclubs at the time, and I was going out to work. Yeah. Um, so I've got record boxes. I said, Dad, unless I go out, 
you know, it'll come to midnight and the dance dance floor will be a bit quiet. But he told me a couple of years ago that uh, he was woken up about two in the morning. His hi-fi, and it is a 1990s hi-fi where, where there's still a, a record deck, a turntable on the top. Yep. Um, started playing music uh, like two in the morning. It was, mm-hmm. so, it was so loud. It woke him up, woke my mum up. He went downstairs. Um, the volume knob, and it is a knob. That's mm-hmm. how old the thing is, was turned yeah, yeah. right up to the max. It was a CD playing. It was track three of the CD. So even if it had been a power surge. You should start at track one. Track one. But this was track yeah. three. Nora, beautiful Nora Jones. It was uh, my grandmother's favorite Nora Jones song. And I think it was Come Away With Me. Mm. ironically, and then he, t- he turned it all off. He went to bed. By the time he'd walked up the stairs, the phone was ringing. So this is, like I said, about half two in the morning. And it was my grandmother's nursing home saying she just passed away. Yeah, that's going to give you the chills, isn't it? Just has. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I've, just got, I've just got goosebumps. That's my dad. No interest in the paranormal. He will say nothing's ever happened to him. He doesn't even want to tell me this story again. Yeah, um, but that happened to him two well, years ago. And plenty that... of people like that. But I mean that that story that you just relayed that exactly the same thing happened to me. Um, it was uh, a high fire, like you say, and it would come on. I think it was track twelve, um, and I think it was on volume. I think the top volume was twenty four, and it, it was on twenty four. And this is in the middle of the night. This is like two in the morning. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think the track had any significance as far as I can remember. But literally just woke up and, you know, like out of a deep sleep. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And, it, you know, I noticed that it was on track 12. And I thought, that's really weird. Because the first thing I thought, you know, trying to, you know, go to a rational explanation was that it was probably a power cut, like you said. But uh, but then you'd expect track one to come on, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, so, sure. Yeah. Um, but track 12, yeah, it's just, uh, so I've had that. I, I, um, I wonder what that is. I wonder what, you know, if... If it's just something that happens to hi-fis or if it's... Um... Well, you, you hear a lot with a phone, though, don't you? Similar stories where, you know, and, and I've had loads of these stories offered to me where, where somebody's phone will ring. <clears throat> Never seems to be, interestingly, a mobile phone, but a yeah, home phone. phone yeah. yeah, house phone, a couple Landline, wire, yeah. couple wire phone. Um, you know, the phone will ring and then somebody will answer and there's nobody there. They'll put the receiver down. And then it turns out the phone doesn't ring again, but then they'll find out, you know, a loved one's passed away at that time. It's it's like the spirit is sending a message, whether it mm. be, you know, Iron Maiden, Nora Jones or ringing the phone. It's uh, and again, it's, you know, when I when I was thinking of doing scared and, and talking to my dad afterwards and I went, Dad, you've never shared this story. And he went, well, you know, and I went, no. It came on. It was a favourite song, and then you got a phone call. I said you should have, but I think that's what people do. They go, as you've said, now I'm just making it up. I'm I'm being silly. Yeah, but you get a lot of those. Um, what should we call them? Like almost um, not de- like deathbed um, visitations. You know, you get you get a lot of those where people will be in a completely different place, and someone will pass, and they'll get the sense of that before it before they've got the actual phone call or whatever it is and i mean that happens a lot and i know some cultures 
uh, like Malaysian cultures, people, places like that, they believe that the spirit has three days uh, before it crosses over. Um, so they expect almost that they will get uh, a visitation in that three day period. Wow. Yeah. You know, before it passes on to the other side, like. And, and, it, uh, and like the dog story I, I told earlier on, you know, I mean, even for our pets, of course. Um, and I also think that um, we had a guest on who had died twice. And, mm. and I said to him, what was it like? And he said, have you seen the film Ghost? And I said, yeah, I've, I've had to sit through that a couple of times yeah. with, with exes. Uh, and he said it was just like that with the light. And, you know, he's not selling a book. He's not selling anything. He was just a guy mm. in Boston who came on, shared his story, and then that was it. Never heard from him again. And that's mm. what I find, actually, and you and I have spoken about this on my show, that, that I find with Scared, and this is one of the things I love about it, it's, it's almost like a confession in the Catholic Church that, people come on and yeah and they feel i i get the feeling they feel guilt because they've heard something or seen something and by sharing it with me it's like they've confessed to this guilt and they can then move on with their lives mm. and yeah it's definitely a weight off the shoulders type experience you know because like i was saying before you know it's not something you can just go up to someone in the street and start telling a paranormal story to. You have to have the right environment. And obviously, Scared provides that environment where people can uh, come on without the ridicule and just, this is what happened. You know, a lot of cases, they'll say, I don't know what it was. This is what it was. This is what happened. Um, you know, you don't need to go any further than that sometimes, do you? Well, you know... It wasn't meant to be just paranormal. I mean, you know, we, I had a woman in America a year ago have, have the most wonderful story that she has a um, tree in her garden and nothing will grow around the tree. Yeah. And then she thinks she saw something in the tree and she doesn't know what it is. She thought it might have been a fairy. Mm. But all she know, and she sent me photos, um, nothing will grow around the tree. Now, you could say it was something wrong with the soil. But that was such an important story for her. I had a wonderful story from a German lady um, who was staying in an old, um, an old inn and was reading, switched off the, uh, the light, felt a little tickle on her face, you know, and just sort of brushed it off. Thought it was like a feather out the uh, big posh hotels pillows. Yeah, and uh, a couple of couple of seconds later, felt you know the sort of brush again, and thought, oh, this is a bit annoying now. Brushed it away. Got to the third time, and she sort of leaned over <clears throat> and switched the bedside light on, and saw the biggest spider she's ever seen in her life running yeah. across the duvet off the bed. So. Some of our stories don't have to be about aliens or Bigfoots or ghosts. They can be just stuff like that. Just scared in general. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, as you know, because it's, it's what you've shared with me, um, most stories are 
about ghosts and haunted houses. Um, some amazing stories we've had about attempted UFO abductions. Mm. Um, we uh, one of my favourite stories I ever did with somebody is is a young lady who lived in Roswell, and would um, go into cafe a cafe mm. in Roswell, and men in black would walk in, and she said she didn't believe it. She thought she was in the the Will Smith film, yeah. and she was sat in there, and she was new. She wasn't from the area, and she was sat in this cafe one day, and two men in black sat down at the table and were quizzing her on why she was asking lots of questions about Roswell. Mm. I mean, that story just um, had me gripped, absolutely gripped. Yeah, I think I remember that one. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. You know, we've we've had a guy in Brooklyn, you remember, seeing dinosaurs. Yeah. Um, the last show I did... You know, that, that, that's more common than you'd think. Are there dinosaurs in Grimsby? Uh, well, <laughs> literal dinosaurs are. <laughs> yeah, walking, but... <laughs> walking down the seafront with an ice but, cream uh, on a windy day. Yeah, yeah but no, the, the dinosaur thing is... Uh, and obviously, you could get some... Uh, you know, is it Michaela Membi in the Congo? You know, the people there still see a dinosaur roaming around. Uh, say it's the size of an elephant. Um and people see up in Alaska to see like pterodactyl type type uh, beard dinosaurs, if you will, flying around. So, you know, it's uh, it's more common than you'd expect. Let's put it that way. I, I would I would point out though, Lee, that, that in the frozen wastes, the beautiful Alaska, mm. where somebody might have had a, a hot toddy, somebody may have had a, a coffee with a a little bit extra in there, or in the rainforests of the Congo. A bit different to an apartment in central Brooklyn. Oh, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's... I, I'm laughing um, about what we just said. I'm not laughing about the story, because for this gentleman, that was his story. And, and just like you do, I, t I take them all very, very seriously. I had a woman uh, last week, and, and um, I'm going to speak to her again this weekend. She had a demon in her toilet. Yeah. Now, when I did the recording with her, we we had a giggle. Actually, we 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 had a, we had a little laugh about it together because she knew it was such a ridiculous story. Yeah. Um, and uh, it didn't go out as part of the show, but the bit before and the bit afterwards, she was like, "Phil, nobody's going to believe me." And I, you know, and I said to her, "Minnie, this is your story. It doesn't matter. You, you're sharing your story." But she went up one night to her toilet. And there, according to her, there was a demon in it, and she described the demon, and that was very important to her, you know. Mm. No, it's, like I say, it's uh, you know these things happen. You can't, you, you know, there's no rationale for it. It's just, it's just one of those things, isn't it? But again, like I say, these things are more common than people would like to believe. What do you think? Um, would you say that's the creepiest story that you've had on the show? Which one would you say is, you know, give you chills? What I love, and th th this sounds like I'm, this is an English expression, and I hope it translates into American English, but it sounds like I'm sitting on the fence. But mm. you know with stories yourself, um, they're so personal. Yeah. I mean, if you looked out of a window 
and saw lights in the sky moving erratically. Some people would find that fascinating and some people would hide under the bed and think we're mm. being invaded. Um, when you've got a story like a demon in a toilet, some people will listen and just think, this is absolute nonsense. And other people will listen and think, I'm sure the same thing's happened to me. So for me, it's really hard with, with a year and a half of amazing stories to say the one that scared me the most. Yeah. Because I, I wasn't there. Um, you know, in our first episode, um, and I wish it had been longer, actually. It was in the days where people used to record stories for us. It was a woman, uh, a, a young woman driving to university in Texas. And there was a truck, just like in the Steven Spielberg film Jewel. A truck was following her and trying to overtake her. Mm. The, the truck driver threw something out and it went all over her windscreen so she couldn't see. Well, that's not about ghosts or UFOs. But I think we've all done that. We've all been driving and there's been a car just a bit too close behind us. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's a scary thing. So I don't know the scariest story I've had because it's different for everybody. Mm. Um, I always, well, let's put it, let's put it this way then. Um, cause that's, I mean, like you say, they are personal stories, so you have to kind of be in the moment, but let, let's, um, take the paranormal in general then. What, let's say, which aspect of the paranormal would you say, um, if if you want to use the word believe, which which aspect would you believe in the most? You know, would it be ghosts, Bigfoot, aliens, or, or do you give them all the same credit? Well, look, don't we all think? How can we be the only planet with some sort of intellectual life? You know, scientists will say that the universe is never-ending. Mm. And yet, we are the only habitable planet. We're the only normal people. I, I don't even know the way to describe it. I mean, we, we consider ourselves to be intelligent, but then we imagine life on other planets, they, they're even more far advanced. Yeah, exactly. So, now let's go into the woods. Do we think there could be a, a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch? Well, you kind of think, no, because now they would have found something. And, you know, the, the Finding Bigfoot team is still looking and now we have drones and stuff. But actually, do we know? Because, and I think especially since you and I sat here in England, when you think of some parts of the world, and let's think of, you know, the rainforest. Let's think of Midwest America, mm. where they have forests the size of our country. Oh, I know, yeah. How can you, you know, they're, they're finding species now all the time in the oceans, aren't they, that they've never found before? Yeah, and they're finding some that they thought was extinct as well. Right. Which... So, and and then if we go on to ghosts and stuff, we've, we've all had the, the chills, we've all heard things or seen things, or people have told us stories that they can't explain. I think you have to be pretty brave for, for any of these genres, whether it be mm. UFOs, um, ghosts and spirits, whether it be big hairy monsters, to, to categorically say it doesn't happen. 
Mm. No, I, I think you're right. I think you have to be open-minded to to all eventualities. Um, but you find you 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 speak to a lot of people, and you uh, as well as me speak to a few people that will believe one set of paranormal uh, things, but not the other. You know, so you'll get people who believe in Bigfoot, um, but when you mention UFOs, they'll say, "No, there's no such thing as UFOs." Um, uh, you know, or, or you'll get people who believe in the Dogman, but you don't. They don't believe in Bigfoot. You know, or, or the way around, and it's just. Uh, and I find that strange that you could believe in one but not the other. You know. Well, you know, the monster thing is quite an interesting one because I think it's how it's set up, isn't it? I mean. We'll take the Loch Ness Monster. Mm. I think they've kind of worked out that all, all the evidence, the majority of the evidence so far has sort of been set up in the photographs and stuff. But yeah. it's, it's, it now becomes a legend because it just so happens Loch Ness is Scotland's deepest loch. And that's the one the monster lives in. Now, I'm not saying it's not true, but it's the same when you talk about a Bigfoot-type character where you have forests around the world that are just so vast you can't even imagine. Mm. Um, I find, But then you'll notice with like the Finding Bigfoot team, they'll go to smaller places where there's been sightings, all those photographs. So even when you kind of go, yeah, yeah, that Loch Ness Monster... Yeah, oh, absolute rubbish. Because oh, of course it's Scotland's deepest lock, and what it's not—he's not living in a puddle. Of yeah, course. exactly. Yeah. But then when you look at it from the other side, and you go, but then on the other hand, they are finding all these species at the bottom of the Pacific that they didn't know were there, or they thought were extinct. Mm. So if there was something, Loch Ness would be the place. I think someone was telling me about Loch Ness the other day. They were saying that scientists now believe it's a, a Greenland shark or something like that. They would have thought it was extinct. They think that might be the Loch Ness monster now. Wow. So, so you know. But again, the Loch Ness monster is not just in Scotland. The, the similar creatures have been seen in America, uh, Norway. So, you know, it could be something to the shark aspect of it. Yeah, and especially when it, it's funny, actually, I was on the phone to my dad this morning we were talking about norway and the fjords mm. um because where i live lots of uh, cruise ships sort of head over there and um that must be one of the most amazing sights to be on a cruise ship and go up through a norwegian fjord but of course Absolutely. we we know how deep they are because mm. they're all glacial yeah so hence why they can get these huge cruise ships up there so if there is going to be a bit like Loch Ness again you're right if if there is to be something wouldn't it be in an incredibly deep fjord in Norway? You'd think so. And not just the, uh, I mean, the fjords up there. We, we did a show uh, a few few shows back about uh, mountain trolls or giants that are meant to live in that same area. Um, so who knows? I mean, it's still in places like Alaska where there's countless acreage, but not very many people. So who knows? Yeah, I think it's, it's what puts a lot of people off the paranormal that they, there's a fine line between what could be paranormal and then again, what is legend, isn't it? So for me personally, I, I put mountain trolls into the legend box, not the paranormal yeah. box, but the Bigfoot for me is in the paranormal box because I just mm. think there's, 
I did it on our Facebook group this week. You know, I put a photo up that somebody had taken from a car of... It could be a man in a... Or a woman in a big, hairy, fancy dress costume by the side of the road. Or it could be something else. You just... We don't know, do we? We don't know. That's the thing, isn't it? That's, that's the paranormal in a nutshell. We just don't know. But you think, I mean, with the advancements in science and, uh, and you know, I've spoke before about these... Um, you know, these new cameras that are coming out uh, and all the rest of it, you, you think science, but in general, science doesn't explore the paranormal, which is, you know, a bit of a contradiction, I suppose. But with all this new technology, you think hopefully the evidence for the paranormal will become more apparent um, soon. You know, some of these things that we just, we, we class as paranormal now might in five to ten years be normal well you wonder how much of that is the paranormal community not wanting to Mm. do more i mean you know we all watch everybody listening has watched some sort of paranormal program on the television wherever in the world you are listening to this right now and you just think a camera a video camera you used to have to use. Now you can use something like like a GoPro, for instance. Yeah. And a GoPro, whatever, $150. So when you watch paranormal programs on the television and they go, did you hear that? It was downstairs. Mm. I think most of us are sat there watching that thinking, why do you not have a camera there? Exactly. I mean, I've 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 wrote I've uh, emailed various shows in the past, like uh, you know, years ago. Uh, Most haunted in in uh, the UK being one of them, where I, I was doing a live event and I was saying, look, I know what's going to happen. Halfway, like an hour into this show, somebody's going to say, "Did you see that?" And everyone else is going to say, "No, what was it?" And the camera's going to be pointing in the opposite direction. I said, "We all know it's going to happen because." You know, to some extent, it's probably all staged. But can we not have a camera mounted on that person facing the direction that he's looking? So if he does see anything, we get to see it. I mean, you'd think that would be obvious. But they don't do it. And it makes you wonder. But then, you know, any of these programs from around the world are entertainment, aren't they? They're not. It's not a scientific program. It's entertainment. They have to deliver. Um, you and I can bang on about the paranormal and chat all day about it, but programs like this have to have something. Something has to happen, yeah. Something has to happen. Um, I don't think... See, I've lots of allegations are made against these paranormal shows around the world. And I just have... Maybe I'm just naive. I've never believed anything is staged because this is what these people do. This is how they make their living, pay their mortgage, feed their children. And if it was found out that that slamming door was actually the cameraman's or that stone or the ball rolling down some stairs, if it was ever set up and it was found to be set up, it would just be the end of their careers. And I just don't like to believe, and I, I'm not talking about any show in particular, I'm talking about all of them. Yeah. I just don't think these people 
would would try it mm. because you know if something amazing happened the whole world's the whole world in fact i was going to say the paranormal community but the, everybody and now we've got news coming out of our phones left right and center it's not like it would be back page of tomorrow's paper it would be breaking news if something had happened and i i just don't think these people would would risk it you know i i've seen things on I, I must admit, I, I always, you, you talk about a show like Ghost Adventures, which is so beautifully made. Mm. A beautiful mix of history and investigation at the end, where I have seen episodes of Ghost Adventures, where, to be honest, basically nothing happened. Mm. But that's what, uh, you know, that, I don't, um, I'd expect that to happen every now and again, you know? Oh, of course. Yeah. Absolutely, where where nothing happens. Um, well, I'd say nothing happens. There might be a slight thing going on, um, and you always know what's going to happen with with these sort of shows because it depends how long the beginning, the intro, the history bit is. Yeah, yeah. For what they're left with, but I I respect these people because when you're doing something audio like me and you, I mean I could be sat here naked now, nobody would know. Mm. The well. pr- the pressure. Well, of course, I've sent you the photos on Skype. <laughs> um, the pressure to deliver something visual, and that could be a, a video podcast, it could be something on iTunes, uh, sorry, on, uh, well, iTunes, yes, something on YouTube, or it could be on the television. The, the pressure to deliver, I just don't believe with any of these shows that I've ever seen. Um, I don't, well, I, let me put it this way. I don't believe I have ever seen anything which I think is staged. Mm. Because I just think... You know, it would be the end of their careers. They'd be a laughing stock. Mm. Well, yeah, I'd go along with that. But you know, what, mostly what I I wasn't talking about, like the, the balls moving and all that stuff. I mean, some of that happens in in uh, locked off rooms and stuff. So I mean, you'd have to take that as red. But I'm talking about stuff where they see things out the corner of their eye. You know, if you just mounted a camera on that person facing that direction, uh, if they do see anything, you know, at least we get. Uh, evidence of it hopefully that's but i i think though lee a lot of shows are going that way i mean again ghost adventures is the only one that i watch on a regular basis and they, and they do do that now you know they, yeah yeah, they, yeah they normally send poor aaron out and he's got a gopro and a thermal camera and this that and the other strapped on him and 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 with that show i mean they're quite honest aren't they with if they're doing an evp session or something they'll go we did it for 20 minutes nothing happened yeah, you know, but that's again, that's what you'd expect. But like I was saying, I th- with the with the technology increase and everything that we've got now, and you hear these people uh, who go out. I think it was Les Stroud. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the show Survivor Man. Well, he did um, a few Bigfoot episodes, and one of the ideas in that he he sat in a tent uh, where Bigfoots have been known to come up to people's tents and all the rest of it. He actually sat in a tent with a thermal camera looking out. Um, so to all intents and purposes, the Bigfoot would be coming up to the tent, knowing there was someone inside, but not knowing that person can see them, uh, you know, and hopefully you catch it on camera. Um, I think ideas like that and the, you know, the full spectrum cameras and the GoPros again, you know, dashboard cams, you know, people, majority of people now have got a dashboard cam. We're going to see more stuff on on them, you know, appearing in the future. So I think um, a lot of this is going to be more prevalent 
and uh, you know, in a few in the next few years, I think you're going to see more and more of all aspects of the paranormal coming to the front. Yeah, because I think you know we think of a lot of shows, and the technology wasn't around. I mean, I I, I have the uh, the utmost respect for the, uh, and this is in the UK, but you can watch it in America. And I can't remember the channel. I think it's called Destination America, actually, uh, in the United yeah. States. But um, <clears throat> when here in the UK, a show called Most Haunted every Halloween would do it live. Yeah. Now, for most of us, certainly for me and the kids, that was our Halloween. And you think for the production team of Most Haunted, not just presenters, but the whole production crew and the television channel to invest, obviously, a fortune into this. A, it was stunningly made, the, the live shows especially, beautifully made. Mm. But two, it was live. Yeah. And, you know, other shows have done these uh, other ghost hunting shows at Halloween. It's our Halloween special recorded six months ago. Mm. For the most haunted team here in the UK, for, I don't know, it was like 10 years in a row they did it. Yeah. yeah. And if nothing happened, nothing happened. But it was yeah. it was a stunning production. But that's, that's uh, you know, it's brave. And it, it also shows you the uh, interest in the paranormal because, I mean, they wouldn't have done those shows unless... You know, even the one, like you say, maybe run for 10 years, you know, every Halloween they did a live episode. So obviously people are watching it regardless of anything happened. So that intrigue into the paranormal is... Yeah, but the point is with that, when when that was a live show on a big cable channel here in the United Kingdom, they brought in the community brilliantly. Yeah. And as you will remember from watching it, they would say to viewers, we've got webcams. Yeah. And you're watching this on your television, but also on your computer, we've got webcams. Now, you've got to remember, when this particular show, Most Haunted Live, was out, equipment was not as cheap as it is now. No, exactly, yeah. There weren't these you know, high-definition cameras for £100, $150. So they were using webcams, which was the best technology at the time. Mm. And you could sit there in front of your computer watching four webcams set up in a building, and you were watching them live. Yeah. And then you're in the corner of your own eye, you've got the television on, and they're broadcasting live. I mean, such a risk, beautifully done. And people, you will remember, Lee, all night were sending in texts, sending in emails, saying, camera four, I've just seen something. Yeah, screenshots and that, yeah. Uh, and you could have been watching camera four and saw nothing, but somebody else saw something. Mm. And that's, I think, the problem with um, when you've got an investigation show that isn't live, it's all in the edit, right? Yeah. When I... When I do, you'll be editing this. When I do scared, I'll my my last guest. I spoke to that person for an hour about yeah. about his experiences, and on the show he was on for fourteen minutes, mm. and you would not know that that wasn't just a fourteen minute conversation. You wouldn't believe it was actually an hour where I've taken a bit here and a bit there, not to make the story sound any different but just to fit it into time. And, of course, with with any of the paranormal shows, that's what they do. When you've got a live show, 
Mm. I mean, I just I can't even imagine the, the stress. That, I think that is definitely definitely the way forward for those those shows. If they did more live shows, if people weren't, you know, because it's this gratification, you know, in, instant gratification thing, what people want all the time, you know, this quick fix. And I think um, if people weren't expecting something to happen in every episode. Um, then maybe the live shows is the way forward, and and if we had more of them, I mean, it'd be, be interesting to watch, wouldn't it? Well, it would, but nobody would do it because a the cost is crazy. I mean, you know, you you can make. I mean, people do it on YouTube now, don't they? You can make uh, a paranormal investigation show, you and your best friend. You can you can do it off your. You can record it on your iPhone or your Android mm. phone. Get it home, get it into, I don't run Windows, but uh, if you're on a Mac, iMovie, make it look broadcast quality, and the two of you have done it in your bedroom. Yeah. To do a live show is obviously something completely different. And, of course, live shows are financed by commercials, as many podcasts are. So if you had a live show from any team anywhere in the world, and when I say live, I don't mean on Facebook Live, I don't mean YouTube Live, I mean television live. Yeah, yeah. The, the costs are in the millions to put together that sort of team, have the satellites, bloody bloody blah, blah, blah. If nothing happened, how many people will get to the end of that three-hour live show and say, well, nothing happened, but it was beautifully made? Mm. They won't. They'll get to the end and just go, oh, it's rubbish. You, yeah, nothing read, happened. Yeah, that uh, I used to again, read forums about you know people that would watch Ghost Hunters or Ghost Adventures or Most Haunted and all the other ones, and and dissect that show minute by minute, mm. like it's something scientific rather than it is. We're not ruining the credibility. I think actually one of the TV channels here used to say that these shows were entertainment. Yeah, they do. Yeah. You have a disclaimer at the beginning, right? Yeah. Not because anything was set up, because I don't believe it was. Simply because a lot of the viewers were looking at it that it was it was like a lesson in school. Yeah. Well, you're you're using an EVP meter, but I think you'll find the magnetics of the tape wouldn't actually. And shut up. <laughs> Just watch it and enjoy it. And if something happens, incredible. If something doesn't happen, remember these people putting their credibility on the line and you know one of the guests mm. of scared was phil wyman who was on the uk show yeah most yeah. most haunted and he was uh their he was par- a para parapsychologist that way he was the uh no no he was the um like the most experienced investigator oh, yeah. the, the parapsychologist i think at the time was uh, dr matthew and then it was uh, dr kieran o'keefe who is going to be a guest of mine uh, oh, yeah, in, yeah, in about a month uh, but no, Phil Wyman was like one of the, he now has his own ghost hunting company. Mm. And Phil and I spoke at length, you know, about Most Haunted and um, just about the fact that, uh, you know, he he said he wouldn't stand for it. You know, it, it was his reputation on the line. If anything was um, set up, he just wouldn't have stood for it himself mm. because, you know, it was the, the credibility of, of all of them. Um, so no, I think I think anybody doing something live, pretty brave. Absolutely, yeah. and I am sat here naked, <laughs> as I know. So um, yeah, so basically to close, then do you want to uh, just tell people where they can find you? Looking through your window now uh, is where you can find me. 
<laughs> scared? Maybe. Uh, scaredpodcast.com, iTunes, in the United States, Google Play, uh, which is only available there. I oh, know, yeah, don't get that. On all the social media. If you go on Facebook, it's so confusing. You might need your children to help you, because I did with me. If you put in Scared Podcast on Facebook, you will find us as a page. That's one of the ones you like. And we're a group. And it's confusing, because sometimes I'm logged into the wrong one. Um, so please like our page, but also join our group, because what it's, it's a brand new group. It's only a week old, as you and I record this, but... Already people are coming on and sharing stories, sharing videos of UFOs they've seen. It's a wonderful little community. So on Facebook, Scared Podcast, Twitter, at Scared Podcast, Instagram, Scared Podcast. Are there any more, Lee? I'm 45, I I can't remember. (laughs) I think that's pretty much covered all the bases there. But if you just go on the website, scaredpodcast.com, you can find it all there. Aye, and there'll be a link in the show notes. You can even hear you. You can, yeah. And Twice. Most to your pity. Waff- waffling on about the seagulls of Grimsby. <laughs> hey, Phil, there was this seagull and it wanted to kill me and uh, it was paranormal, I tell you, it was paranormal. Yeah, there was a bit of waffle, but hey-ho. No, it was, all, it was, it was, uh, there was no waffle, it was you telling your story. Well, in fact, telling a number of stories. The one about yep. the demon seagull, though, Lee, was my favourite. <laughs> I have these chips, Phil, and it was trying to kill me. I said, uh, it was trying to kill me. Oh, that's happened, hasn't it? It had red eyes, and it was just after me chips and me pie. You've know, got to be careful down Cleeforms. But, Mel, uh, well, so thank you for coming on. Is that it? <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it's been an honour.